welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. Welcome back, everyone. This is the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. I'm Ryan Aris, and we're back for a, uh, a new season and a new series. And jo- Dr. Joe Boot is with me today. Good to see you again, Joe. Great to be back together, Ryan. Absolutely. So we, I just mentioned with this, uh, this new series, we're going to be dealing with some, uh, some stuff in the news, some stuff that's uh, a, little, a little more um, timely, a little more uh, sort of on the radar. As you know, we're, we're not always time-bound here. We just, uh, just concluded a, a series on the Ten Commandments, but uh, there's, there's been a lot going on. And there's a, a bunch of things that uh, that we think we want to interact with. So in this uh, this new series, we're gonna gonna call it Ezra Answers Back, and we'll be we'll be dealing with uh, current developments, current events in uh, in law, culture, politics, education. Uh, as these things come up, we've got uh, got an outline sketched for what we're gonna do, and we're. Uh, Hopeful that uh, that this will be a, a help and a blessing to uh, to those of you who uh, who watch and who listen. Thanks for sticking along and uh, continuing with us. I remind you just a couple of a uh, couple of events coming up here in Canada in December. We have the Mission of God conference in uh, in Windsor, and then again the next week in Calgary. Uh, Joe Boot, Aaron Rock, Ted Fenske, Nate Wright. Uh, Peter Jones, Tim Stevens are going to be our our speakers. I hope I didn't miss anybody, but uh, looking forward to uh, to those events. The theme is uh, redeeming sexuality. We're dealing with questions of uh, sexuality broadly and uh, transgenderism specifically. Uh, you're uh, not going to want to miss uh, either of those. And then a new uh, a new thing coming up even before that, November fourth, uh, in the UK in uh, in Daventry, uh, the Ezra Center for Christian Thought, as well as Christian Concern, uh, are uh, working together to uh, to host a uh, a Mission of God conference in the UK as well. Pretty uh, excited for that because this is the first. Uh, if I'm if I'm not uh, mistaken, this is the first Mission of God branded event that uh, that we'll be participating in in the UK. So there's a uh, there's a real feather in your cap, Joe. Um, November November fourth in Daventry. Uh, all the details are on the website ezrainstitute.com, and we'll provide a link uh, in this description as well that uh, you can get tickets for for those conferences. So that's, uh, that concludes uh, this week's announcements and information. We're going to get into the meat of our discussion, and we're going to do it uh, going to do it now quickly while we still can. Uh, this uh, this week's conversation is all about uh, the recent uh, and let's honestly let's not mince words. This uh, this is about censorship. This is about uh, the Canadian government's recent moves in the wake of legislation that's being passed uh, that's now part of uh, part of Canadian law 
Bill C-11, Bill C-18, Bill C-36, all relating to uh, online communications, uh, data, uh, personal information and data, and regulation. So these these have been, and we regular uh, longtime listeners will remember that we've been talking about these things for three years or so. I can't, I can't remember exactly when they uh, when they were tabled, but some a few few years ago, in somewhat recent memory, we we were not the only ones uh, to notice that uh, that this was going to be an issue. But uh, we have been been seeing some of the some of the fallout some of the harvest from this legislation uh and it's now it's now beginning to bear fruit so joe may, why don't uh, why don't we start by just rehearsing a little bit about what uh, what are these bills what what did they provide for and what is uh, what is going on now uh in detail what are what are we seeing that's uh, that's coming up as a uh, as a result of this. Well, when you mentioned that uh, we've been talking about these things for a while, it came to my mind that uh, years ago now, I wrote an article that I think you can still find on our website called "The Criminalization mm-hmm. of Christianity." Uh, this was years yep. before uh, uh, Bill uh, C four um, and um, these. Uh, increasingly draconian um, uh, censorious bills were being envisioned or passed. And of course, before the debacle of the COVID era and the arrest of pastors and everything that we saw during that whole time in terms of control of messaging. And of course, I don't think it's coincidental that we're seeing this glut of bills now in the wake of uh, the COVID experience. Um, and the, uh, the the I should say the lockdown uh, and um, s- censorship experience during the last two three years. I don't think any of that's particularly coincidental. I think it's related, especially in the Canadian landscape. And um, you know, there are times when it is genuinely true that uh, uh, you don't want to be right. You're hoping that you're just raising a caution, that you're firing a warning shot, that you're uh, trying to signal to people that there are things that are coming down the the pike that are deeply troubling, and I, and I remember vividly being laughed at uh, about the criminalization of Christianity article um, that these were mm-hmm. you know hysterical overstatements and so on. And here we are, um, some years later, and we're looking down the barrel of of already passed legislation like Bill C four, and now the thing that you know we're always told you know there's there's no persecution of Christians, and no, there's no real censorship, and no, this is just about people's safety, and blah de blah de blah. And now we've got this glut of bills and bureaucratic uh, regulations as well that are going as far as to seek to control uh, online content like podcasts. So mm-hmm. for people who perhaps haven't been uh, following that closely, you mentioned there's been Bill C-11, which is related to the CRTC uh, regulations. The, the Basically, the, the attempt to bring a, a variety of areas of content provision under the Canadian Broadcasting Act. 
Um, and of course, people were told that this was just about targeting big tech. I think it was probably during the summer that people started in Canada to experience some of this biting where suddenly uh, they couldn't get uh, certain news feeds uh, over That's right. uh, face- Facebook and Google um, because of some of this new uh, regulatory uh, framework. And um, as is so often the case with these things, you know, they're positioned as one thing. Now, you remember, Ryan, when we were told that uh, um, the uh, the changes in the law around um, civil partnerships was nothing to do with redefining marriage. This was just about That's right. equality in the law. Do you remember that? Yeah. That's what we were yeah, told. I was, uh, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> the, I was... <laughs> It's, it's astonishing that, that that's that's what we were told. Where are we today? We're now at the point where if you counsel somebody, teach somebody in a different direction to that, in a Christian direction, you are in law a criminal, mm-hmm. uh, subject to criminal criminal penalties. So when <clears throat> the big state comes along and says, we just want to t- introduce some regulation uh, in order to uh, curtail or at least regulate the activities of some very large tech companies it's got nothing to do with people's personal content or their own websites or their own podcasts. This has just got to do with uh, regulating the bigger companies. You always know what's in the tail of this. And this is where we've come to. Now, this isn't us just talking these things up. Uh, we'll come in a moment to 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 an article by a, a professor from the University of Ottawa, who has addressed uh, uh, the implications of Bill C11 and what the CRTC is doing in Canada. At the same time, though, we've got mm-hmm. um, Bill C18 um, and yep. Bill C36. Um, maybe I'll 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 say something about Bill C36. Maybe you could say something about um, yeah. C18. Um, and then uh, there's one other to mention, which doesn't even have a number yet because it's so new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that's not right. been numbered yeah. uh, and introduced yet. And that's called the Online Harms Act, uh, where the government is looking to introduce a digital safety commissioner. Uh, thoroughly Orwellian, yes. Ryan. Um, and this, roll, this yeah. is basically a, a, a state censorship department. The, 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 the desire to appoint a mm-hmm. digital safety commissioner. This is the, the brainchild of Stephen Gilbert uh, in the Trudeau government. And this is, this is mm-hmm. um, a, a role that will be looking to create powers to block for the government to be able to block any content that it doesn't like, doesn't approve of. Bill C-36, which we are expecting to be reintroduced into the Canadian House, uh, for our American and our British listeners, um, we're dealing with uh, specifically Canada today. Uh, It's not that there aren't um, moves across the West uh, in certain contents to try and do a context to do similar things. We have just had the Online Harms Act in the United Kingdom, for example, Ryan, um, but that went through a great deal of amendment and revision and is is targeting um, providers who are leaving illegal content up, um, uh, pornography, exposing children to pornography, child pornography, and these kinds of things. So uh, we're, we're not saying mm-hmm. today that 
no form of um, censorship should be permitted. Uh, what we're talking about yep. is the state overreach and the state's desire to control uh, what people are allowed to see uh, and the information they're allowed to consume. Bill C-36, which we expect to come back very soon to the House, it's a relatively short bill. It's going to be uh, in part of the criminal code. This is a, a hate propaganda, hate speech, hate crimes um, uh, bill to regulate um, the individual user, the individual content provider, any kind of uh, digital or print media uh, will be covered by this bill. And the frightening thing about Bill C-36 is that it um, is looking to criminalize feelings. So um, it's not just the, uh, the, the... Basically, whenever you're dealing with something that's to do with hate or hate propaganda or hate speech, this has to do with, with the subjective feelings of the person who feel that they're being exposed to the hatred. So section 13 of this mm -hmm. bill is that uh, um, if you communicate something online that's deemed to be fermenting hatred, um, and that's, of course, uh, very broadly defined in terms of all those protected characteristics that we're now used to. So obviously, you can guarantee that a big target of this is anybody who's uh, critical of the um, uh, is gender critical or critical of the radical LGBTQ issues and so on. Um, there's no statute of limitations with this bill as it currently stands. So if you've got something posted on Twitter from five years ago or on Facebook from 10 years ago, um, if that's not been taken down or is not blocked, uh, you can be um, held accountable and charged under this bill as it stands. Complaints could actually be made in secret. So yes. no immediate right to face your accuser. Um, th there's the notion that um, pay uh, that uh, that claimants will be will be paid twenty thousand dollars. You can get up to twenty thousand dollars for bringing a claim against a person. Huge fines can then be levied against the person. And then this terrifying pre-crime element to the bill, where if somebody is actually afraid that an individual um, is going to uh, expose them to uh, hatred or vilification, uh, somebody that you're afraid of, they haven't actually done anything to you, they haven't actually written anything against you or said anything against you, but if the prosecution service agrees uh, that uh, the Attorney General agrees that um, uh, this person could well be exposed to hatred at some future point, then uh, that person can be moved against. So this is, this is an absolutely terrifying cluster of bills, Ryan, that we're talking about, C-11, C-18, C-36. Um, and then I mentioned this, um, this latest uh, idea of a Digital Safety Commissioner and an Online Harms Act, said as i say no number yet mm -hmm. but coming soon for major oh. online censorship where the government will say well we don't like the fact the way that you're criticizing this politician or this particular group or that particular activist so we are going to remove your content we're going to take it down and so the concern yeah. um uh, that um, this that actually let me let me just now quickly before you come to to describe bill c18 um that this particular Canadian professor at Ottawa has raised, just with regard to Bill C-11 and the CRTC's powers, uh, 
he says explains that the the CRTC admits um, that uh, individuals that host podcasts on their own websites or make them available on a subscription service platform other than a social media service um, are not excluded from the Broadcasting Act under Section 2, 2.1. And um, some people, of course, so, so the bill essentially in the, the, the control of the CRTC extends, extends to social media services, not just things like adult uh, websites that are basically generating and providing pornography, but you're talking about online mm-hmm. news services and thematic services and so on. And uh, he points out that the CRTC itself has repeatedly signaled that registration by uh, podcasters is in fact the entry point, just the entry point for more regulation. So they've said initially that this will only apply yep. to those bringing in 10 million a year or more. So if it's a Spotify or a yep. Google Play or whatever it may be. Um, but but uh, he says that the, that the CRTC has made clear this is just the entry point for more regulation. The podcast, uh, thematic services, and online news are examples uh, are clearly part of a potential regulatory initiative based on meeting Broadcasting Act objectives. And from the, in the words of the CRTC itself, the proceeding is only a first step. Future proceedings will likely be necessary to delineate more clearly a regulatory approach to these services. And so um, uh, Michael Geist, a law professor at the University of Otter, who specializes in this area of tech and privacy, he says this, and I quote, registration is the first step toward regulation with the commission already envisioning the prospect of regulating a wide range of services. Bill C-11 was never just about web giants, and the latest CRTC decision confirms that an extensive regulatory framework is in the works that is likely to cover podcasts, adult sites, news sites, and a host of other online video and audio services. So that's a mm-hmm. that's a sort of cold, mm-hmm. uh, uh, objective analysis of the situation coming from a leading Canadian professor. And that's just Bill C-11 and the CRTC. That is without dealing with C-18, C-36, and the Digital Safety Commission, the Online Harms Act, all slated. Uh, And that are part of a cluster of bills, Ryan, that it is impossible to avoid the conclusion that what we're seeing in Canada is an overt attempt to create a highly censorious um, regulatory environment that will control all content and uh, bring it under both regulatory control, whether it's through the Broadcasting Act, and also under criminal law with respect to the idea of hate propaganda, hate crime, hate speech, uh, basically emotion offenses against people's emotions, and even pre-crime where you might fear that a given podcast or a given individual or a given website might expose you to hatred or vilification. And so you can see how basically we're we're seeing a legal structure, a regulatory structure being established, being formed. And you've said it, Ryan, we've seen this coming for a long time. 
We've been called every mm. name under the sun for talking about it. We've been called <laughs> hysterics. Uh, we've been dismissed and laughed at and so on. But here we are. We are literally in a situation where we are seeing a modern Western state creating a ministry of truth with its own digital safety commissioner who will determine what it is that uh, you can and can't listen to, hear, and see, um, and what will be approved content uh, for you to look at, ruled on by the state and its bureaucrats. That is, in sum, where we appear to be at. Maybe you've got a bit of just insight for people on Bill C-18. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that was a lot. Um, and before I add a little bit to it about Bill C-18, uh, not not to minimize, uh, you, you referenced Michael Geist at University of Ottawa, not to minimize his contributions. He's, he's expert. He's very valuable uh, on this subject. But as you've just been describing, like what, what else did anyone expect? Like the right. leg- legislation and regulation it always is always on a ratchet effect, right? It, it only goes one way. You know, I'm uh, barely old enough to remember uh, the introduction of GST, which is a, uh, a, a tax here in Canada. Uh, that, and that was, uh, that was intended as a, as a temporary measure. But uh, I turned 40 yeah. last month, and we, here we are. Uh, I've, yeah. uh, have, so, I, yeah, we're not, uh, we sh- shouldn't be surprised at the trajectory uh, we, uh, that uh, this has taken in the, in the three or so years since, uh, since these were put on the table. But, uh, I think it's the probably but, what takes some people by surprise. Ryan is is more the uh, the speed of it, um, and mm. and and I think probably as well, you know, in the the sort of aftermath that we're still dealing with of the worst uh, outbreak of statist control um, in the history of the Western world, that hot on the heels of that. So some of the bills that we've, we we referred to, like Bill C-4, which basically curtails uh, people's freedom of choice in the whole area of identity and sexuality and curtails the freedom of pastors and therapists and counselors and so on um, in Canada, um, that, that, that sort of legislation was pushed through uh, swiftly during the past two, three years, during this time of incredible statist, Uh, control and overreach and to see these bills that have moved so swiftly afterward you would think that to to, you would imagine that in the aftermath of things like for example the the trucker convoy protests uh, Mm. and the massive state overreach in declaring states of emergency and you know invoking essentially the war powers act to control bouncy castles and barbecues in ottawa um that uh that that you know the government would be would be climbing down and rolling back this kind of thing but i like the illustration you've used of of a ratchet the other one that occurred to me when you were saying that it's like a zip tie this this kind of regulation only moves in one direction and you just can't Mm -hmm. get rid of these things once they're on the statute books without a dramatic really religious change uh we've often pointed out on the show that Law, both law and education in particular, uh, are a direct manifestation, the most obvious manifestation of the religion of a people. 
because education right. is passing on the values of a culture, uh, uh, passing mm-hmm. on to its children what it what it values the most. Education is, in that sense, a plan for the future. And law mm-hmm. is about the plausibility structure of a culture. Uh, it, 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 law is a teaching device and teaches values. And so when you see rapid and dramatic changes in law and education, what you're witnessing uh, is a change of sovereign because behind every idea of law is a principle of sovereignty. And behind every idea of sovereignty is a divinity concept, uh, the, an idea of ultimate authority. And so mm-hmm. what we've talked about as Ezra for 15 years is that when you uh, surrender the lordship of Jesus Christ and his word, when you move into idolatry, uh, the statist idolatry that we're in now, the repaganization of the West and of Canada at an incredibly high speed at the moment, we've witnessed a change of gods and therefore a change of law and radical change in education. And um, that brings us to the 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 point where blasphemy against the new God will not be tolerated. And depending on which kind of God you Mm -hmm. worship will depend on the degree of freedom that such a divinity concept will allow you. Um, And I know that we'll we'll come to that subject um, shortly, but I think you're right. What did we expect? You know, as we answer back today on, in this new series, um, uh, we would say yes. We saw we saw this coming. We expected this, but I think there will be people listening to us, Ryan. Even in Canada, people who've listened to us um, on our podcast for the last two or three years, who will nonetheless mm. be somewhat taken aback by the speed with which these bills are being presented and passed, that are so radical in their effort to curtail uh, fundamental freedoms of speech and expression. Right. Yep. That's uh, <clears throat> that's a good comment. But re- yeah, real quick, just to uh, complete the summary of these uh, of these bills before we get into a discussion of of censorship. Uh, Bill C eighteen uh, was tabled a couple of years ago. It just received assent uh, this past summer in uh, in June of twenty twenty three. This is. Uh, this is an act respecting online communications platforms that make news content available within Canada. And uh, it's a, uh, the, the purpose behind the bill is notions of, uh, of equity and inclusion, of fairness and uh, equal representation, uh, the prior- prioritization of Canadian content, uh, and effectively... Uh, what it uh, what it does is controls uh, who who can be visible uh, and uh, where where they can be found and Canadian Canadian Facebook users Canadian social media users will have uh, if you're if you're in the habit of of reading or sharing uh, news content on Facebook you will have noticed over the past, Four months that uh, that you're not uh, you're not able to do that the same way. Uh, it, there's a <clears throat> there are controls in place and that so that uh, Canadian end users and you know I'm just an end user I'm not a obviously I'm not I'm not running Facebook I don't work for Facebook I just have an account and I can't uh, I can't share 
news items the same way, same way that I used to. And that's, uh, that's important because, again, fa- Facebook is not a Canadian company. Uh, YouTube is not a Canadian company. They just have, they have users, they have a presence uh, in Canada. And if they want to, uh, the, the Canadian government has said, if they want to continue operating here, they need to abide by these new rules where they are, you're not permitted to use their platform to share certain content. And the, uh, the criteria for, for what you can and cannot share, you know, all of these platforms have their own internal policies. You're never allowed, you've never been allowed to share pornographic or violent material on Facebook, for example. Uh, but now these are external restrictions being placed on that, uh, that private, uh, that private corporation by a, uh, a coercive state, which is not even their, their, uh, state, like I think Facebook, they're headquartered in California somewhere, I'm sure. So that's, uh, that's, so that's C18 and I guess a, uh, a, a living, breathing example of, uh, of its effects. Yeah. It's interesting and, that some of the apologists, Ryan, for some of these bills um, have, of course, suggested that, uh, that the, this, this initial attempt to control uh, and regulate podcasts is only going to apply to these platforms that you've just talked about that have a, a presence mm-hmm. within, these, uh, within the Canadian landscape. Um, the difficulty, of course, uh, with that is that um, by regulating the platform itself, you are, of course, regulating the user of those platforms. So if, you know, a, a given podcast yeah, exactly. is, is being, um, is resident on one of those major platforms, which most, most people's podcasts that have, that certainly they're in the top uh, two or three or 4% of podcasts are resident and accessible on major platforms, the regulation of those major platforms is just indirect reg- regulation of all of those podcasts, whether they're making 10 million a year or not. So they've said, well, you know, only those podcasts making 10 million a year um, are going to need to register. But the platforms themselves are are going to be regulated. And so to say, well, we're not, we're regulating platforms, not the platform users is like saying, well, we're going to regulate uh, uh, roads, but don't worry, we're not regulating cars. Well, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't use your car um, you know, on, on a road that's going to exclude you. So people, again, they just don't seem to grasp or see the implications of these bills. What, what are these massive giants going to do if they get complaints about a particular podcast that's seen as by some complainant or group of complainants as hateful, um, as uh, um, um, homophobic, as um, anti-choice, or whatever it may be that they don't like, that's, uh, that's not in tune with the, the woke agenda. Um, those, those platforms to preserve their income, to preserve their access, to preserve their reputation, what are they going to do? They're going to, to boot these uh, little podcasts off their platforms. That's right. They're simply yeah, going to say exactly. you're too much of a flight risk. It's like debanking. It's the same thing. Yes. You, you 
you don't need to, you know, they can say, well, we're not regulating um, individual customers. We're just regulating banks. Yeah, but by regulating the bank or by imposing a particular agenda on a given bank, you are indirectly regulating all of its customers. So this is just a form of debanking for podcast uh, platforms. The podcast platforms themselves, even Mm -hmm. if the monetary thing stays high, um, will simply regulate themselves by, and the government knows this, by not wanting the flight risk of having controversial views expressed um, through these platforms. And so it's so naive when people think, well, no, this is just going after the big boys, the 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 the, the, the Joe Rogans, the the Jordan Peterson type podcasts, etc., the the platforms, uh, etc., that are generating uh, millions, perhaps a year. Uh, not your ordinary. No, it isn't true. Uh, for a start, we will definitely see that ceiling come down. It always, as you said, regulation always starts. Uh, wide, it's like a ratchet, and then it gradually uh, narrows its way in. This is, by the way, this is exactly how totalitarian regimes have controlled populations. It's always through the regulative state, uh, through legal means. You know, this is exactly actually how Hitler did it in the countries that he took over, like the Netherlands. Um, the way he actually took control of the schools was by gradual regulation and tightening those regulations. So it can start broad, it will force these platforms to self-regulate, and then you will see the regulation tighten if it isn't stopped and if it isn't uh, rolled back. So th- that is the, the 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 you know the archetypal you know toad uh, in the in the in the in the cold water slowly being heated and boiling to death because it doesn't notice the change of temperature. This is where we seem to have been at for some time. And yet you've still got people who do not recognize what this actually represents. It's it's actually astonishing. But this is, at the moment, um, both direct and indirect control. Um, and bills like Bill C-36 do a similar thing. We'll be in a situation where angry people, especially those that resent a conservative or a Christian world and life view, and are hostile to it, will be able to go after individual individuals under under Bill C thirty six uh, anonymously, and uh, and with these podcast platforms, will be able to go after you, making their reports, making their complaints, have you cancelled, taken down. In the case of Bill C thirty six, fined, prosecuted, maybe even jailed, uh, because they don't like you. Uh, and mm-hmm. these are astonishingly totalitarian waters that we are now um, wading into. Um, and it's it's time that uh, not just the the, um, the the culture, but the Christian church especially woke up to what is actually happening here. Exactly. Yeah. Just to just to play on your uh, your roads and cars analogy. What uh, what would we think of somebody if so? Here here's the legislation. It's a legislation of the road, not the cars. But part of the legislation is that you can't you can't permit red cars on your road. And I come along and I think that's fine. I have a blue car. I'm not uh, I'm not worried. Never gonna never gonna affect me. That's uh, that that's yeah. it's the sort of uh, 
sort of level of of interaction that uh, that we're seeing from uh, from some of these yeah. some of these corners. And uh, again, on principle, to yeah, to get back into uh, into the real life uh, issue, may, maybe in uh, in this current climate, it is it is conservative and Christian and traditional uh, worldviews that are being suppressed, but the mechanism does not distinguish. The structure does not distinguish the, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be determined by who, who's in the chair. Right. So it's, uh, you know, maybe, and maybe a- yeah, today, today we're, uh, we're under the, under the microscope tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, dog walkers, dog lovers. I don't know. Right. Well, this is again. This is the way that um, uh, totalitarianism works, and as we've we've talked about many times yeah. on this show, in terms of the, it's a contradiction of the principle of sphere sovereignty, where uh, the state yeah. um, uh, treats all these other areas of life in 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 parts to whole um, fashion, um, but it uh, it begins with you know, one area being uh, coming under scrutiny and regulated and those who are not part of that group saying, oh, well, they're not coming after me, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but then they come after another group and it's, well, that, that's not me. I'm not in that group, so I'm not going to say anything. And then another group uh, until, you know, eventually you had people within the Soviet Union in the gulag who had been part of the Communist Party who couldn't That's understand right. why yeah. they were there, still insisting to their interrogators that some kind of mistake had been made because they were such influential members of the Communist Party. And and as you say, t- today it's red cars, tomorrow it might be blue cars. And the, the, the additional element to this that we have to bear in mind is that much of this, because it's the, the world of tech and it's the world of... Um, uh, the digital world of of the internet, um, much of this detection and regulation um, will be being controlled by artificial intelligence. It will be mm-hmm. algorithms and um, uh, basically AI technology that will be determining which sort of content um, is uh, is breaching is 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 is. is coming into collision with these new regulations. And um, I I was reading something from a a friend of ours in the States uh, recently who asked chat uh, GPT, is it called, I think? Um, That's uh, right. That's becoming remarkably popular, it seems, um, to to write him two essays. Um, One essay on why uh, men... Um, should uh, be leaders, why, why men should lead their homes, why they should lead women, as it were, um, uh, to write mm. an essay on that. And he also asked Chat GTP to uh, write him an essay on why women should lead men. Suffice to say, Chat GTP wouldn't write an essay on the first topic. Um, yes, I remember he, seeing something about that. Yes, yeah. this was Jared Longshore, I think. He posted this on, uh, on oh, Twitter. Okay, that's right. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I thought how how fascinating um, it will the, the you know that artificial intelligence is already a cultural Marxist. What a shock um, that the that the the algorithms used in uh, the development of these uh, artificial forms of in of so called intelligence 
um, are already geared in terms of a particular worldview. So they can't even hide behind the notion of, of neutrality, that this is actually not going to be individual people scrutinizing this, but it'll be set in terms of particular algorithms because we're dealing with the digital world of the internet. This will all be, as you say, in, under the control of those who are deciding what uh, is permissible to be seen and heard and what is not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, so let's uh, let's spend some more time, Joe, as we uh, we enter the closing third of this uh, this episode, talking uh, talking about censorship uh, more broadly, uh, as well as a a biblical take on it. Uh, you mentioned that uh, mentioned earlier that Christians we we all have some form of censorship. Every culture has something that uh, where you're not permitted to uh, to just display in public uh that we that some some something some standard needs to be enforced for what's uh, what's fit for for public consumption and what's not uh and that's uh, that's really that i mean that's that's where christians would differ from libertarians on uh, on this issue uh but it's also as you say it's a it's an issue of uh, some someone's morality is going to be legislated. So it's uh, just uh, just you know parenthetically maybe to kick us off. Uh, we talk about censor censorship censoring uh, mostly as a uh, a verb these days. A censor we censor things or we ask not to be censored, uh, but. Uh, Grammatically, like censor is just a uh, an abbreviation of the original term licensor, uh, which is which is a noun. It was a, a person making those determinations about what was what was fit for uh, for public viewing, what was fit to uh, to be to be uh, released to the public square. And uh, this has Christians have a a long long history of censorship and i'm thinking most uh probably maybe most uh obviously of early uh, early bible translators who uh, who t- would translate it into uh from latin into english or other vernacular languages uh and those those copies would be with cooperation between church and state they would be uh, they would be suppressed uh confiscated burned and People had to uh, move their stuff off-site. They had to, you know, smuggle it sewn into the pages of their clothes, into the uh, the folds of their clothes, and things like that. But uh, censorship, censorship in the modern day, as as you mentioned, is uh, it's easier. It's easier to be applied more broadly uh, than than that pre-industrial kind, uh, aided as it is by machines. Uh, but it's uh, it's never never able to be uh, enforced or applied perfectly or uniformly. There's still, there's still human error. There are still, uh, still ways that people will find around this. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. That's some fodder for discussion. I don't, I don't have a specific question in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think fundamentally the, the a critical point that you've made that is that um, censorship 
or licensing as a concept is inescapable in any society. Uh, mm-hmm. There is, there is, there is never going to be. I mean, radical libertarianism um, uh, is a simply an entirely unworkable um, political philosophy. I mean, ultimately, a, a radical form of of, of libertarianism uh, effectively makes the 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 state as a, an ordering institution um, largely irrelevant, if not almost vanish. Um, and so, mm. um, Christians. Uh, are are biblical libertarians in one sense we're not radical libertarians um who don't believe that god and his authority and his word um must govern in 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 family church and state that's what that's what we believe the radical libertarian doesn't believe that and so we believe that god has ordered civil authority um to uh reward uh righteousness and punish wickedness and evil i mean that's clear in in romans 13 and so um, if you look at any not abstract society that envisioned in some utopian delusion, but but real societies in human history, uh, all of them have had some form of censor, uh, a licensor, some form of censorship. Um, and uh, that's that's inescapable um, in uh, we see draconian forms of it, of course, in the in the communist, the Marxist world today. Uh, we see severe forms of it in the Islamic world. Uh, the the place where you would have come um, to experience the greatest degree of freedom of speech and expression was the Christian world, the Western world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but not a world entirely free historically from censorship. So we've always had um, obscenity uh, laws. Um, on the uh, the, stab- the statute books, um, there's regulation around you know even with television the sort of nine o'clock watershed as they call it in England um, of what can mm. be shown uh, at different times. You you talked about uh, social media companies and the sort of content pornographic content for example is not permitted on Facebook and YouTube and um, uh, uh, Twitter and so on. Um, so there, there is, uh, and there does exist within society um, forms of censorship. Unfortunately, what happens is that in a de-Christianizing culture, the wrong things are censored. Uh, yeah. And so in Canada today, we protect hardcore pornography, which is nothing more than legalized prostitution in front of a camera, um, as art. And it isn't uh, controlled, um, whereas a Christian culture would absolutely destroy, uh, by force of law, the porn industry. Um, mm-hmm. So the and of course the um, the blasphemy laws we we've got we had in uh, the Western world um, uh, our own form of uh, laws of speech, but they were God centered. They were Christ-centered laws uh, around blasphemy, um, that uh, egregious assault on the name of God in the public space was was not permitted um, because you cannot allow an assault. um, No culture can survive that allows an assault, a verbal assault, um, a blasphemous assault on its most foundational um, values and institutions. So what we're seeing happen, Ryan, uh, 
um, as we've discussed, I think, in the past, is that it is no longer God, it's no longer the Lord Jesus Christ, it's no longer his word that is revered and protected and honored. And so it's no longer God's law that is taken seriously as the basis for some valid form of censorship that would protect uh, the public and especially the young from um, pornographic material, for example. Um, that that world is gone that would protect people from egregious uh, blasphemy against the name of Christ. That, 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 that world is gone. What is now being protected by the new blasphemy laws, the hate speech laws, and of course they become, and I'll just note in a moment how much more severe they become under um, a non-Christian order. There's no such thing as pre-crime mm. and emotional crimes um, in the Christian view of censorship. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, those are a peculiarly totalitarian pagan view. Um, but it's, it's, it's especially what is being censored. So it comes back to this change of gods again. Who, what do we protect now? We want to protect the state and its functionaries. Um, Stephen Gilboa talks about yeah. the, the protection of politicians, basically, from criticism, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, People are... People are, are mean to politicians online, and we got we got to stop that. <laughs> We've got to stop that. That's right. Um, we need to stop any kind of criticism of the state's ideology. So the the the, the progressive uh, woke neo Marxist ideology of the modern Western state, uh, which is particularly apparent in Canada, um, it cannot and it must not be allowed to be criticised. People who are um, living lifestyles that are in flagrant violation of God's law word, um, that um, who were who were once um, marginalized for their um, behaviors and attitudes. Uh, for example, children in the past would have been protected from drag queens. That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't have been the drag queens that are protected in ex in uh, their indoctrination of children uh, by law. It would have been the other way around. And so, what mm -hmm. we're seeing is that the progressive neo-Marxist ideology is protect is protecting the speech and um, the freedoms uh, of expression of those who are hostile to God, hostile to Christ, hostile to His Word, and it is now censoring and um, cancelling those that represent a different God. It, it's, 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 it, the, the, the target is now, the, the, the Christian world and life view is now the target of censorship. And anybody who's been influenced by it, shaped by it, uh, still bathing in the remnants of it, uh, those are the people that are considered the haters, they're guilty of crimes, they're guilty of pre-crime, they're guilty of hate speech, hate propaganda, fermenting hatred. Um, and that's anybody who doesn't agree with the statist religion of our age. And uh, that's the issue of criterion. It's, it becomes a question of by what standard. Every society is mm -hmm. going to exercise some kind of censor. There's going to be a censor, there's going to be some kind of license, as you say. Um and something that goes beyond that envelope. For example, we had, you know, indecent exposure laws, which meant mm -hmm. to expose yourself mm -hmm. in public, um, was a criminal. Well, you know, we turn a blind eye to that now during certain parades, don't we? Because the That's God right. 
and uh, has changed and therefore the law has changed because the god of the age has changed and therefore what is censored in law whether it be in action or in speech uh, in expression has been changed and so all the new protected characteristics are things uh increasingly many of them are things which god condemns and those things which are condemned and not protected are the things that god says are right and true and so it's a it's a war of gods that is the bottom line um now christian censorship like christian law um it, and the christian state is minimal ryan it's minimal um you know as gk chesterton said you can live by the 10 commandments or you can live by the 10000 commandments take your pick yeah. God's law <clears throat> yeah. is minimal. His restrictions on human freedom are minimal. Um, his the the state ordained by God is a ministry of justice. It's it's minimal. It's not a ministry of media. It's not a ministry of broadcasting. It's a ministry mm-hmm. of justice. And so again, uh, with the religion of statism and its ideological commitment to a neo pagan. Marxist ideology, um, the the expansion and growth of the state uh, means that it's reaching into all these different areas to exercise its clampdown on freedom of speech and expression. Uh, And this is happening now in this whole area of broadcasting. And of course, traditional broadcasting, which was the original area, is now moving in into all the non-traditional areas because many of these uh, podcasters have bigger audiences than the CBC. And we can't mm-hmm. have that, can mm-hmm. we? So um, <laughs> the, 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 the issue is that people came to the West in the past for freedom of expression under a Christian order. The name of Christ was protected from egregious assault and people were, exp- were protected from uh, vile forms of obscenity. Basically, that's what was restricted. Vile forms right. of obscenity and indecency, uh, the mo- uh, and egregious assault on the name of Christ. That was pretty much it. Uh, but mm-hmm. now that was the Christian order because the reason being, Ryan, God is not afraid of competition, <laughs> and That's truth right. and error yeah. <laughs> are are allowed to grapple with one another in a Christian world and life view. They can grapple with each other in a Christian order. They can be in conflict with each other in a Christian order. There isn't an attempt to stamp out all diversity of opinion. The, the very reason that our culture has been, been, been enabled to be hijacked by uh, neo-paganism, this progressive ideology, is because Christian culture allows the competition of ideas. Um, and uh, it, it permits it. What it does tell us, uh, and what we're confident in, is that over the long term, there may be some short-term defeats, but over the long term, truth wins out. Christ That's wins. Right. God's law word, just like the law of gravity, isn't defeated. Uh, you can try and violate it for a time, but you are going to be crushed in your attempt to do so. Mm -hmm. So we're in a time where we're attempting to overturn God's order, uh, approve what God disapproves, censor what God liberates, um, and, uh, and 
um, liberate what God senses. Uh, that is what we are trying to do. And we uh, culturally are going to be crushed by it. Uh, it will crush right. itself under its yep. own weight. So God's order does not have pre-crimes, Ryan. Uh, it doesn't have emotional crimes where, you know, my feelings have been hurt um, or I think somebody might be, or even um, the notion of a crime where somebody's expressing a different opinion to me or wants to um, receive teaching or counsel in a different direction to the way I want to, uh, would like that to be. But that's what the pagan censorship laws do because fundamentally a Christian order because it because of the principle of sphere sovereignty restricts the ability of the state to exercise license and censure and censure so mm -hmm. uh, the principle right. of sphere sovereignty limiting itself then to the to the uh in terms of legal power civil power to the state the state is only enabled to censor those things within its power. Fundamentally, criminal issues, Ryan. So in in uh, Christian Britain or Christian Canada, there were blasphemy laws because they were criminal. And mm. there were obscenity laws um, because those were criminal acts. Now, and that concerned punishing evil. Now, what's going on now? But that was it. There was no... Um, ability for uh, the state didn't control media in the Victorian era. Um, it didn't control all these different um, uh, avenues, medicine, law, education, and so on and so forth. So it had no right and authority to come in except where crimes were being committed to come in and control thought, expression, speech in all these different areas. And so what we're seeing here now is because the modern state, the modern anti-Christian state is totalitarian and has lost all grasp of the principle of sphere sovereignty, which once so shaped our social and political life um, of the distinct spheres of authority and jurisdiction under God. The state has grown in the, in the 20th century. It grew more and more and more. It's expanded more and more and more for basically 100 years. And now it reaches in to regulate all of these different areas and seek to control them. And it's going to therefore bring its coercive power because the state is a ministry of coercion. That's its very nature. That's it's, its God-ordained nature to coerce. So if you bring the state into the heart of medicine, let's say, it's going to coerce you in medicine, abortions, sex change surgeries, mm -hmm. euthanasia. It's going to bring its religious coercion and eliminate freedom. So in Canada, there is no possibility of private health care. Uh, it's a, the single system. And there is no genuine freedom of conscience for doctors. It is coerces the doctor for active referrals. That's an illustration from the realm of medicine. Now we're mm -hmm. in the realm of media. And so what the CRTC represents and what Bill C-36 and C-18 represent is the attempt now of an increasingly totalitarian state to express its religious ideology and control and by bringing itself into the center of these areas of media now, it is going to coerce all forms of media now in terms of its religious ideology. Sphere sovereignty is gone. 
And this is why we harp mm -hmm. on endlessly about this principle, you know, that, that God has established different spheres of life, different spheres of authority, different jurisdictions that need to be free to obey God and also to disobey God. Um, and unless it's an area of criminality that is under the remit of the civil authority, the state has no jurisdiction to wade in and say, your family is only going to be allowed to watch the Disney Channel. It just simply is not the role of the state to do that. And so it is mm -hmm. inevitable that as we throw off sphere sovereignty and take a totalitarian view of the state in which all these spheres of life relate to the state in a parts-to-whole fashion, that is totalitarianism, that the state will bring its coercive agency into the heart of these other spheres in terms of its own worldview. And so it's entirely logical, as we've said, and as you've explained at the beginning of the program, that this is basically where we would end up. From the Christian standpoint, God is the first communicator. God's word is the foundational word. And we are to speak mm. and express ourselves in terms of God's order, in terms of God's purpose. And the one speech code in the Bible is you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. God will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And that's mm. it. That's it. And so um, that was what we recognized in Christian culture. That was the basis of our idea of, of, of a censor. Um, and, and then we protected people from um, extreme obscenity and vulgarity in terms of the um, commandments of the word of God in terms of, of sexuality. Um, and so we had a free culture. Now this is being uh, eroded in terms of a completely different standard, and we are expected to trust the bureaucrats to judge what is or is not good for society. Um, and uh, I think we said when we were discussing this program together, Ryan, that um, uh, something that John Milton said, opinion is good. Uh, opinion is good, men. Um and knowledge in the opinion making. In, yeah, opinion Sorry, in opin good men. Thank yeah. you. Opinion yeah. in good men is knowledge in the making. And uh, yeah. if you don't have good yeah, men don't... and women in a society, you've got a serious problem. Um, That's right. What, what we yeah. will start to view, our view as, as, as knowledge and acceptable information is going to be radically changed. And so fundamentally, the issue is, in the end, the people. Because good people, good men and women, um, their opinion is knowledge in the making. And when it's bad men and women, it's anti-knowledge in the making. You cannot have a good omelet with bad eggs. And this mm -hmm. is the uh, situation mm -hmm. uh, that we've uh, really that we've reached now. We're in this regressive, it's regressive demoralized cultures that introduce these kinds of um, morally and intellectually repressive uh, censorship laws that we're now starting to see, which says there's only one account of reality. There's only one uh, form of information you're allowed to consume. There's only one. There can be no competitors to this new God. That's right. 
Yeah. And censorship is the result of somebody acknowledging, somebody realizing on some level that, hey, there are, there are some bad eggs here. We'd, uh, we'd better keep, uh, keep those out, keep those separate. But uh, yeah, the, the point that you can't have at one and the same time a, a program of aggressive censorship as well as a righteous population, a righteous citizenry is, uh, is, is profound. Yeah. Well, the, Joe, there's uh, there's so much that we, so many directions that we could take this, uh, so much uh, so much deeper that we we could take this discussion, and uh, and perhaps we will. Uh, for now, though, that's a uh, that's an appropriate place to uh, to leave the conversation for today. It's been uh, been good to uh, to have this talk. I'm looking forward to this uh, this answers series, answering back series. And uh, I'll just uh, remind all of you who are listening that uh, this is the podcast for cultural reformation. And uh, we, uh, we remind you, as ever, that from him and through him and to him are all things. May God be glorified. We'll look forward to being with you again next week.